This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Oh, come here! It's running wild! Yeah. I said give me the hell yeah! Ha <laughs> Report. Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy Ryback, joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. WrestlingInc.com. Raj, how you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. I'm. Uh, we got a uh, the back stem cell procedure scheduled for the 22nd. Just saw the doctor yesterday. I've been no gym for two weeks here. I got a few more days to go with the shoulder, and I feel great. So to get the back one done, and then uh, I got to get a hold contact bioaccelerator and see about getting that all scheduled here when this virus stuff is as everything in like Vegas is opening up now. Gyms are open today, I think, and uh casinos open most of them on the 4th. So, oh, so yeah, the same here. Restaurants are starting to open back up 50% capacity. Uh, I'm seeing people sitting outside at, at restaurants and, you know, the bars that serve food. Uh the bars are still closed, but bars that serve food are starting to open up and in wrestling, they're looking at starting to open up. In July, uh, Japan will enter phase three where they're allowing people back in the stadium. So you're just a month and a half away from New Japan potentially being able to start holding events with fans again. Very, and are they going to be doing that at a certain capacity as well? or? Uh, well, they they didn't. I haven't seen that, but uh, yeah. Harold Mage, uh, the, the president, had talked about you know doing like 25% to 50% capacity at first. Um, so... We'll we'll see, but Japan has gotten hit, you know, very small compared to uh, the rest of the world when you look at their numbers. So it's uh, it's interesting considering how densely populated that country is. Yeah, I know it's such an odd thing with this because I they have now they're like in here in Vegas like they they the data showing is like they're opening things up and it's not going up at a significant rate where they're very comfortable. Like for casinos and all that to get the go ahead because that stuff initially was. That was supposed to be almost, I don't know if it was like evaluated by like June 15th and they've bumped everything up because I think everything is looking at the statistics. It's not what it was portrayed or it's going down. I don't know. But with those businesses with wrestling too and letting people in, even if you tell them 50% capacity, I like from a business standpoint too, people are going to be around each other regardless. It's like, you might as well, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's gonna. Yeah, I get it. it well, but it, it, at least it's yeah. You don't want to normal just oh, right. You don't want to open up the floodgates completely. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, if it's in phases, we'll see. Because uh, uh, then at least you can kind of monitor what's working and what's yeah. not, and what what changes are working. I feel like at this point they're just now. I feel like everything is. It can go. It's one of two things where they're. Uh, it's just all kind of being swept under the rug of how everything was an overreaction, everything. And granted, it was all because but now they have the information. But rather than just opening, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to still do stuff gradually. But to me, the fact that they've pushed everything up so much, 
clearly they know something or they've been told something because it was before it was put it was pushed back so much uh, I don't know. I just, I was like, I'm glad though things are getting back to normal. And again, and the virus is very real. Protect the elderly and people that are susceptible to it. But I think with a 0.002% chance of death overall, like, have you seen the numbers? It's re- like, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. I think for our age, it's, it's that it's, it's really low. Yeah. Um, and not to say that it's, but I mean, there's, we can't take that approach. We we've never done it with anything else. Right. It's like drunk driving. You don't stop driving because there's 100,000 deaths per year drunk driving. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, and then there has been some good news on that front with the vaccines that are yeah. coming out and then showing a lot of signs of promise. So uh, I think this this year is going to suck still, but uh, hopefully, you know, next yeah. year everything, everything is back to normal, hopefully. It's going to take crossed. a bit to get everything. There's, there's going to be there's some serious repercussions with how long everything was shut down, too. That yeah. They're going to show themselves, so. And just frustration-wise and people, it's it's definitely going to, like even social media, you could just see, like, it's, I think the impact we're going to see is going to play out in the upcoming months. Absolutely. Um, WWE apparently uh, also internally have been uh, talking about going back to touring. And so they're, uh, they don't expect anything before July, but uh, they're apparently looking after. And as we mentioned in the past, they are looking to, you know, have SummerSlam be in front of fans and possibly move it to September if need be to make that happen. Yeah. At this point, I think that's, we got to get it back to normal now that we have all this and and let wrestling, they need the fans bad. They're going to run shows, all of them. It's just not the same. Yeah, and again, WWE this past Monday night on Raw, they tried it. They had the NXT talent in the stands. Them announcing right off the bat that it, we're welcoming our NXT developmental talent in the stands, I think just kind of it just it kind of took you out of it right off the bat when they're telling you that it's uh, you know contracted talent as opposed to just letting them be put faceless NXT stars, you know, uh, developmental talent that no one knows, and just let it be organic, but. I don't know. Did you get a chance to, to see I, that? Yeah, I saw parts of it, and it's just, I don't know. It, it's almost wrestling. They, they're playing to like this small internet crowd overall but they because but, they've lost so much of their main audience. Yeah. It's really odd, like a lot of things I even hear, and even like on all shows and hear how commentators talk. It's like they're just playing to a, it never was that way, and I, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily like it. But I mean, it, it's better having for the wrestlers someone to play off of out there. Just from that standpoint, I'm glad they put them out there, and they're yeah. always going to do things their way. Whatever and it's, um, you don't yeah you don't need to you know why don't they just go ahead and like put a little name bar next to each talent and as they individually <laughs> show them before the show, right? Know, like it's just just you don't want to. I would rather you just not just do the show and don't. Don't explain it. Like we all know what it is, and just right. let it be. We let them act and react, and and two, when you do that, it's tough for them because like they're the what happens too when you have people out there is then they're they're playing fans. Right. They're like they're not actually they're playing the role of right. a fan where they think and we've done it in practice matches to give people noise, and it comes off exactly as that. Like, it, but it's better though than nothing. So. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a big improvement. It was kind of cheesy at points because it felt like, felt like there was almost like you know when you go to a TV taping where they have the applause sign and yes. you know the. It, it felt like that, 
but it's still it, it's a big improvement. Uh, I felt bad for the talent. Uh, the Rock's daughter was one of those that was out there, uh, Simone Johnson. Okay. And, but um, I, they they were out for like the whole day of tapings, which is seven hours. So they're standing on their feet, having to yell for seven hours and cheer. And a lot of the guys lost their voices. It was a, you know, uh, so a lot of them had fun, but you know, and just being out there. Yeah. But uh, welcome to WrestleMania, guys. Now you know what it's like to be a real fan. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Without yeah, all the excitement point. of the real of like a lot of people. Right. Like, Next time WrestleMania is another th- couple hours. I wonder long. if they allow them to have like sodas and like nachos out there. Are they allowed to even because that's like the best part of being a fan, I would think, is just yeah, eating junk food. Right. Yeah. I think that's what one thing they need is having them drink beers. And I would like to see of- some people selling concessions <laughs> out there as well. Right. <laughs> Maybe CM Punk walking around selling some nachos and cotton candy. <laughs> that would be uh that would this be is great the stuff but... i would do raj to get ratings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when vince is asking for suggestions i raise my hand and i, I think we need cm punk as a work in concessions <laughs> uh, uh. uh. Despite all that, the Raw still dropped in the ratings from last week. They did their second lowest number, 1.757 million viewers, uh, just a little bit higher than 1.686, which is the all-time low that was done uh, earlier this month. So, you know, the fans in the stand uh, didn't help much. Raw, um, yeah, way you know, just way down from where they were uh, earlier this year. So, and Ron, it's to hurt. your point too. I'm going to say what what's going on. When you look at the talent on the roster right now and the people in top positions, and those guys were all in very under positions years ago. Like Drew McIntyre, I love Drew, and he's worked his way. But like people that fan base, see, it's almost like too much damage gets done with how you're booked if you're booked bad enough too long. Where, and I'm not saying just Drew. Like overall. It's happened to that roster, and now those are the guys that you're relying on, and it's but people have already made up their minds, and it, it, it's I'm telling you, it's truly, and I noticed that years ago when I walked out, I was like, I felt like I was leaving with a significant amount of value that, and I saw what was going on, and like in the the runs of John Cena, like those guys are all going to be gone, they're gone, mm-hmm. and this is what's left, and the ratings reflect that, and it, it's not the talent's fault, the guys are all amazing. But when you're booked horribly for too long or there's no real and not given in-depth for your character, uh, you know, layers to your character, and it's happened across the board and not devoting time outside of a couple guys. And you've seen that, like a couple guys like Seth. Seth is always involved in stuff. There's been layers to his character, but you haven't done it with enough people around him, and it's not enough. He, it, 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 and it shows the flaws on the roster. So, Yeah. No, definitely. And... Uh... I do think the atmosphere is also uh, I, the performance yes. center is just so sterile. I, I wish they're in Florida. Just see if you could get a section of the beach, you know, siphoned off. You have the yeah. your developmental talent asking like fans. It would look cool on the beach if you if you could do something uh, like the old WCW pay per views. But this isn't uh, this isn't working. I think Vince too right now what they're doing is keeping their cost down absolutely as low as possible with how much right. they've probably lost out on things. And it's just mm-hmm. simply Vince just looks at numbers on things, and it's it's not well. If we spend a few extra million here, people will. I just don't think he thinks it's worth it. Right. But I agree. It, it come, yeah. like I, I enjoy AEW's presentation so much more right now. 
yeah, it's it's definitely easier to watch regardless of what you think of, you know, their product yeah. as a whole if you're not, you know, a fan of their storylines. But just aesthetically, it's I think it's absolutely uh, way better. Uh, SmackDown held up a lot better. It did two uh, 2.04 million viewers, just basically the same as what it did last week. So uh, after it dropped uh, under two million uh, that one week for May 1st, it's it's kind of held steady at two million viewers. So uh, that's, you know. It's not great, but it's it's good news for SmackDown. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait for I think everything to get back to with fans and see where these numbers. If there's like, because what I can see happening is like a small boost initially for some people to watch with fans again, and then I can see it kind of going down lower than what it was previously to the virus. Yeah, it's interesting. AEW they did eight hundred twenty-seven thousand viewers this past week. Uh, that's coming off a of double or nothing, and that's with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson seems to be showing that he's uh, he's making a difference because this was their best number of the uh, of the pandemic era, um, and they were up eighteen percent from last week. Uh, they did a point three two rating in eighteen forty nine, which was up twenty three percent from last week. So they are way up. I tell you too, it, they did a great job at promoting him, and and, mm-hmm. and it clearly paid off. There's and this is there's just so much potential for them to keep improving in the numbers. And like, imagine if they get a guy like Sting and they can promote him to come being on the show. To me, it's they're getting the rub from guys that they can a Bret Hart and guys bringing these guys on. It's all going to have like small little bumps in their numbers, and it's going to keep. I think conditioning them, getting new exposure for them where they're going to continue to go in the right direction if they can kind of, no, they're not going to be able to do that every week, but I mean, their roster is significantly enhanced compared to, to what it was when it started. And it, 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 they've made some nice improvements along things. I, it's having Mike and promoting him that, that paid off. You know, and I, I, the other day I was thinking about, you know, if NXT wasn't on Wednesday, who's to say AEW is not pulling a 1.5, 2.0, like WWE ballpark numbers. I don't yeah, know. I mean, this week combined, because uh, and, and we get to that in a second. But and NXT was way up this week as yeah. well. Uh, they did seven hundred thirty-one thousand viewers. That was their biggest number in over three months. So uh, going back before the pandemic. Uh, so and they were up twenty-four percent from uh, from last week. So they were up even more than AEW was up. And in the eighteen to forty-nine demo, at point one nine, which. Uh, which was up 46.2% from last week. You combine those numbers, you know, and that's, uh, you know, 1.55, you know, yeah. 1.6 million viewers. Raw did 1.7. Uh, granted, all the NXT viewers aren't going to watch Dynamite and definitely not vice versa. But, um, yeah. you know, if they're on separate nights, I think they both would do quite a bit better. That's just something I know. And I know NXT had Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle promoted, which I think helped right. that. That's, that's, uh, to mention that in Kurt, he's he's fantastic and just even though he's not wrestling, but yeah, I, I was wondering that with that and, and it's it always I just question everything you know. Obviously WWE did the smart business move to do that to put that up, but it you know I think and AEW's number would be I think it's close I I think it it's it's in a ballpark of a WWE number if there's no NXT. And, right, and I, it's just, and I think that's a good thing. With um, it just makes it. I'm just looking at this and looking ahead. They have so much potential for so much more on there too. It's gonna. I I can't wait to see a year from now what the conversation is. Yeah, it, it really. It, it's gonna. It's gonna get more and more interesting. 
the way it's yeah. unfolding. Absolutely. Uh, so AEW did end up beating NXT, as we mentioned, 827 to 731. So by 13%. But again, for NXT, it, it was a good number. Outside of this week, that number beats most weeks of AEW uh, over the past couple of months. So uh, str- strong night for both. Yeah, I don't know if you watched that golf match with uh, Peyton Manning and, uh, and uh, Tiger Woods. Clips. Yeah, but the, during that, that, and that did almost six million viewers. But during that, there were AEW commercials uh, during that show. So very good. That's yeah. That that's, that's key. And promoting Tyson too on a sports thing like that can get that you know. If yeah, I, that was the only thing. It was just a generic commercial. If, I was wondering if they advertised Tyson like had a special that would unique have been the spot promo. to do it. But yeah, yeah, those things are all bought in advance too, though. Who knows yeah. how that you know? But yeah. Good move. Right. I like to see. I like the moves they're making. Yeah. And we mentioned Mike Tyson. He showed up on uh, at Double or Nothing, presented the TNT title to uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, there was a bad moment caught on camera where Tyson was yawning. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but but t- other than that, Tyson looked like he was having a blast. He showed up on uh, Dynamite the next night. Didn't angle with Chris Jericho. Uh, this actor, Michael Gooch, was with Tyson, who was wearing face paint. But you also had UFC legends, uh, Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, uh, Henry Cejudo, um, with Tyson in his uh, entourage. So, um, yeah, they, they did a little shoving match, kind of reminiscent of the Steve Austin, Mike Tyson angle. And um, Tyson said that it's not over. I'm coming back and Jericho's getting his ass kicked. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, Tyson's going to be involved with AEW for at least a little bit. I love it. And I think Chris is, again, he's in putting himself with somebody that's going to get a lot of mainstream attention. I think, mm-hmm. And I think with Tyson, the talk that he potentially might have another boxing match, whether it's, um, what's the word, whether it's a, what were they, an exhibition or some sort of thing. And But I, I who's, I think, having a wrestling match prior a gimmicked wrestling match that's going to get a lot of attention and get him more buzz is I think yeah. it's a very good marketing strategy. Actually, I think everybody wins from it. And I think Chris is the guy you do it with. And, uh, Tyson, a little trouble with those. I tell you, ripping off your shirt, you gotta be very, I always did it. You always, cause I got it. And obviously watching Hogan, you always got to put the tear. You got to give it. Cause, uh, when you do your shirt, they got the WWE. I'm able to do it. If it's not cut still, but it's very, you just never know. It's very, because uh, you just need one bad one. You got to cut the beginning of the collar of the, or the top there right. the, to get it just to, to get it into the shirt part. And, uh, and he didn't, it didn't look like he had that. Or if it was, it wasn't very, it wasn't noticeable. And because uh, it, it's, you got to get that momentum. <laughs> Once it's, right. it, I go, ah, shit. I, I didn't see a cut in it, which uh, somebody didn't smarten him up. That's, you got to. <laughs> Because yeah. Hogan also had the holes in the back, too. Yeah. And yeah. even then, you'd see him not every time. You, the, and I would do it where I get it, and you go to rip it. Ideally, you want to get it all in one swoop. You never want to have to double or triple chuck it, like, to, to pump it. And uh, it, 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 Tyson, that was like a five, six, seven, eight. It was, And then he just started flexing, and he got it out of the way enough. And it was, it was, I laughed because I've, I've seen that happen. And at times, I've had it on shows where I go to do it in one and as it's going, I know I'm not going to get it. I just whip it over my head and throw it out there, like to keep the momentum. And nobody, you know, I'm sure somebody, oh, that little bitch Ryback. But the majority of people don't see it. Right. But uh, 
I loved the whole thing yeah. and thought it was, um, it was chaos. I I I wish Jericho. I, I and I think Jericho did pop off one on the on the one um, white guy that was kind of that was out there that was a Gooch. little older. Who was that? Uh, that was, that was the, the guy wearing the face paint. Yeah, yeah, Michael Gooch. Yeah. He's an actor. Yeah. I I would have I I really wanted to see that guy get whacked around a few times because yeah. he just it was looked really at, irritating. Yeah, and uh, in a good way. And then, uh, but I, I wanted to see some some people get some real shots thrown right there. I thought there was a good little opportunity, but they had all the in his entourage out there with those guys. I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 better with I think Jericho and Tyson, that's that's the best people to deal with. My only issue was that it was too similar to Austin yeah. and Tyson, and that's one of the iconic uh, angles in, in, in history. I think it would have been cool if they did something a little different. but uh, And they're referencing an angle from Raw 10 years earlier. And just yeah. come up with something brand new. Don't use any WWE stuff. Just keep it completely original. But still, it, it was entertaining regardless. I think two part of the things with that, the not having people, fans there to really play off of, hurt that a little bit as far as that there's only so much. you To get that extra emotion, you need hmm. people, especially like Tyson, not in, in, when there's not, it's really tough to do stuff like that without a lot of people around. And to right. like get that emotion... I think if fans had been there for this, that it really, that could have been, I think we would have saw more physicality, quite honestly, where it would have maybe been a little different. That's why I said I would have liked to seen, before even the people got out there, I would have liked to seen some people throw down a little bit. And But it's a tough thing. Then you got outsiders in there with the guys. It's a tough thing to orchestrate. So, at least they're trying things, in my opinion, and bringing Mike in. And it's already had a, effect on the ratings so it, that's a, in my opinion that's a good thing yeah absolutely um also this past week uh you had the the former revival uh now known as ftr which uh was revealed that stands for f the rest fuck the ride uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh they debuted on on dynamite uh, the Butcher and the Blade were beaten on the Young Bucks after their match. Uh, they had teamed with Matt Hardy against Private Party, and oh my gosh, I'm forgetting who Private Party was with. Um, but regardless, uh, Butcher and the Blade were in the crowd. They did a spot with the Bucks and Butcher Janella, and the Blade. Joey Janela was with. Joey Janela, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, they did a spot where they were fighting in the crowd. So after the match, Butcher and the uh, Matt Hardy helped uh, uh, was helping the guy, uh, the Private Party, to the back, and then. The Young Bucks started getting into it with Butcher and Blade. Butcher and the Blade were laying Young Bucks out. And then FTR come in a truck, uh, come to the ring, take out Butcher and the Blade. Uh, just did a little stare down with the Young Bucks and then left. So um, they didn't have them attack the Young Bucks or do anything quite yet. Yeah. No, that's. I think it, it's good for the roster to get more guys there. And it'll be good for the tag division to have another uh, solid team in that whole mix. But I just look at it, man. And again, they're just coming off of TV and leaving. So, and and again, if you sign contracts with somebody and they want you to debut, for me, I would I, like I said, I I can't imagine imagine going and debuting for a wrestling company and like something that would be get a, a good reaction or have a moment like, and t- like that's the whole point of it to me is the yeah. fans. Like I would be like, hey, listen, let's look at this. Let's wait maybe a month and see where everything's at. Like, and then let's do this. And but again, that's not my call. That's just me personally. I let's wait until there's fans to do this. Right. I think it would it only makes them look better. So yeah. and you have that because doing that again, they're all doing their best. So this is strange times right now. 
But that, that's just personally speaking. I would have liked to have seen them debut with fans. Yeah, and we're we're they're going to do another Fighter Fest uh, between now and September. But Fighter Fest is free on BR Live, yeah. and then this the pay per view will be September. I hope they can keep this them separated until September and and do the match on a pay per view as opposed to a free show. I just make feel like it makes it feel bigger because within that fan base, that's a dream match: the Young Bucks versus yeah. FTR. And that's we'll just have to wait. The everyone's just probably waiting to see what happens with all of this. You yeah, know, we got things opening up, and then hopefully everything's just sped up here. With yeah, let's that for that's the best we could hope for. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, also, this past week, uh, Drew Gulak, uh, he had he had been gone for a minute. Uh, he was his contract had expired. They were negotiating. Uh, Drew Gulak actually had Barry Bloom as his agent, uh, who represented a lot of the bigwigs back in the '90s, and. Uh, Anyway, uh, negotiations negotiations fell apart. WWE pulled their offer, and Drew Gulak was just quickly a free agent. So as of last weekend, he was free agent. By Monday, uh, they came to terms on a new deal, and so Drew Gulak is back with WWE. I'm curious to know what he got. I wish this stuff was made public with everybody. It would only it would help all the talent to get these contract <laughs> numbers. That like they, that I don't understand it because everything else contracts are publicized. And I think this is WWE's way. They hide this stuff and they don't. They tell talent not to talk about it because then it holds people see what they most of them really make. And I don't know. It is weird too because they're a publicly traded company. Yeah. So you would think that you know they would have to be more transparent about how much they're paying a Brock Lesnar or a celebrity or you know things like that. Uh, they do it. They purposely hide it. And I think more people need to start asking public on social media and putting pressure on them. Shareholders in those meetings need to they need to ask to have this information made public because what it benefits the wrestlers more than everything for them to see and then you go well shit I'm only making 150,000 that guy's making 10 million and like or like these guys that I'm doing all the same amount of work for that are like the same like oh man I I listened to them and they told me this is like what you know I should be able to get but like my buddy who came up at the same time who's like not even being used as good as me is making 500,000 Mm. It makes you look at things and start because they hide that and because they try to work everybody so strongly, especially the guys that first come up. I because I'm all for them making that public because <laughs> yeah. it, it needs to be. And I'm curious what Drew got having him as his agent if he was able to get him a, a better deal. Yeah, hey, I, I would think right now in this era it's probably hard to, but with that kind of an agent, who knows? Yeah. Um, also, uh, also. We mentioned Cody Rhodes. Uh, he won the TNT title. Yes. Mike Tyson presented it to him. Um, there's some criticism over Cody winning the first, uh, you know, winning the title, being the first champion. Um, Cody has been losing at the last few pay-per-views. But uh, what were your thoughts on Cody becoming the first ever TNT champion? No, and it, so this is a thing, and we've had this discussion that early on when Omega and the Bucks and putting over other people on the talent, then they get criticism for that. That, and when they're making the roster. Wrestling, here's the deal with wrestling, and I realized this a long time. You know it going in, but you got to really experience it. This is a game of all politics. Who take any take any fan Joe Blow and put him in a in a vice president situation, and like I think Cody, how long they've been on TV for over a year, and he's not he didn't he hasn't he could have easily and I don't know the with the poll that he has angled to get the 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 championship and he didn't. He's been involved in all the the main and good storylines. 
and things. And he knows storytelling is the driving focal point, and he's very, really smart with that. I have no problem with it. They need someone. And now you could say the only thing is, well, you're building up, you know, Lance Archer to have him, but they want to make the title mean something. So you want him to beat somebody also to have some credibility for that title. And Lance looked great in doing it. And, and so, and, and, there's always going to be the criticism. But my thing is you just got to, I think all of us just need to get off social media, put out <laughs> your stuff and not look at it. Cause the biggest mistake wrestling can make as a whole is listening to the people because they bitch about everything. Yeah. So what, what that does is causes confusion. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Like, honestly, you don't need it. it it's really know what you're doing. You can tell by, you go by the only number that fucking matters is ratings. Yeah, it doesn't. Their opinions. I don't give a fuck about them because it's all. They're going to be a, a billion different opinions. You yeah. can't control in that negative mindset. They're they're complaining about Kenny in the box and 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 everybody all for this long, and then a guy wins a, a title a year, over a year in, and then it's like that's the discussion. I'm like, you're just bitching to bitch. Don't listen <laughs> to him. It doesn't. And if I was him, I would have fucking been the champion three times already. <laughs> if I'm, I'm straight up. I'm, yeah. I've fucking Jeff Jarrett, Triple H, that all day long. It's yeah. fucking wrestling. That's the, you, you know how you you counter, you get in, it's all politics and power and money. Right. That's the name of the game. And like, if you're a spectator and don't like it, fuck off. That's what it is. Yeah. So. I mean, my, I mean, I want to see what you think about this, but I, I think Cody winning the title is absolutely the right move because yeah. it establishes it. And that way, when someone beats Cody down the road, you, you want a big star to have it at first. So when they eventually lose it, it helps to make the next guy. Absolutely. The only thing I wouldn't have had is him beating Lance Archer yeah. already. He put someone else in there. And same thing as beating Brody Lee already. It could just kind of when you see the big guy already lose this this quickly, I think it just takes some of the shine off of them. Yeah, no, and that, see, that's see, this is a tough thing with wrestling. With um, when you have people that physically look larger than people, and I've talked about this, it does more damage when they lose. Mm -hmm. Unless the way it's because people have a hard time. It's one of those I, I can't explain it. It's just it's a very yeah. real thing, and I've experienced it. Yeah. It's like Big Show losing. It's like you can't see it too often. It's right. just too much. And it's like, even though you can, you can still put them out there. But it, it's that whole thing of size is a very real thing on how people perceive it. Whether it's true or not for everyone, it's still, it goes against what the mind, how the mind interprets things. So right. again, though, it's, well, let's see what they do with them after. But it's, it, you're really limited when you part of that Raj too is on the personality of the, when you're doing the monster character and you're always serious, it's really hard to get booked like that and lose and then go right back to that because right. they've seen you now been like it. That's the, the genie's way, out of the, yeah, the lamp. My, this is one of my things. I actually, I just wish when I had my monster run, it paid off and we had, and it had the payoff and a, and a nice run with it. Because I wanted to get out of it, though, as quickly as possible. I want to be like the Hulk Hogan, where you yeah. could sell. And like that's where the money is fucking at. The Rock, big, bad motherfucker. The Rock is a big fucking dude. But he had the personality. And, mm -hmm. and whether you're where you can, you're not like the indestructible monster. That role is very, and we saw it with Goldberg even. Once you lose in that, right. it's really, you got to add layers and depth to the character. So to your point, I would have liked to have seen Lance have a run with that longer. Right. Because what they're probably going to do is go back to it. And yeah. it, it's going to be, it's not going to be the same. But that's pro wrestling. It happens. 
it's a really tough thing and it'll be up to Lance and them to look at it and see the feedback on it and, and then maybe start adding some layers. But he's so fresh up there. Like he hasn't even been in front of people yet. Yeah. Uh, it's so I maybe they're just saying fuck it and they do a little thing and it's like Wardlow, my thing. When you see that monster get beat right away, regardless, yeah. it just takes away. But like even with him and MJF, I feel like they're adding some stuff with that. Yeah. Which I think will help as time goes on for him. So Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and even in real sports, when you had Ronda Rousey uh, or Mike Tyson back in the day, yes. when they're undefeated, it's not like you they need to lose. Every time they're they're fighting the next time, it's even bigger, yeah. even though their, their fights are short. But, uh, you know, sometimes just trying the unbeatable monster, seeing how it's going and then end it when you need to. But anyway. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's 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 one of those. It's it's not ideal, but it it's yeah. happened time and time again. Yeah. Uh, so, and, but regardless, Double or Nothing was a huge success. Uh, in this era, um, it is on track to be the most purchased pay-per-view in the company's uh, history, according to the Wrestling Observer. Uh, they're saying the streaming numbers were up more than 10% from the last AEW pay-per-view. And uh, while the final cable numbers aren't in, if the increase is similar, it would put Double or Nothing at about 115 to 120,000 buys, which would be uh, beating last year's Double or Nothing, which was the second highest or which up until this point has been the highest okay. uh, that which had a hundred to 110,000 buys. So very good uh, news, very good news for the company. Yeah. I, uh, the pay-per-view business is dead, dead rush. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> no, it's uh very good news. Yeah. I I'm telling you action figures. I want to see them, the video game. There's to me, I look at this, that's the number one place I would want to go. Right. Yeah. There by by a landslide, it's 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 just the potential. You hear, I heard Matt Hardy on uh, Busted Open with Bubba Ray talking about it's the greatest place he's ever worked his entire career. Yeah. Just, like and you just I hear that and from people I've talked to, I'm like, man, this is very enticing. This promotion and this that bullshit crazy land negative atmosphere that I was brought into with WWE to see like. Man, there's a place doing it a little different. It, it's very, uh, it, I love to, I love it. I think it, it's just, it's great all around for everyone. Yeah. Uh, some sad news uh, last week. Uh, pro wrestling star Hana Kimura passed away at the age of 22. Uh, yeah, only 22 years old. She had appeared on the Netflix show Terrace House, which is like a, a reality show. And, uh, apparently appears to have committed suicide after being cyberbullied following an incident on the show. Uh, there was uh, a thing on the show where one of the roommates um, wanted to wash his laundry and her wrestling gear that she actually wore at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. So it meant a lot to her because that was the first women's match uh, on a Wrestle Kingdom. Anyway, uh, he took it out of the laundry starting in his own and the outfit got ruined. Uh, they exchanged words and, Kimura knocked it, the hat off of his head and left the room. Uh, and then social media users just went crazy over that. And they were telling her to die and and all this stuff. And then that night she was posting some tweets, um, you know, showing her uh, doing some self-harm. Uh, Kyrie Sane was trying to reach out to her. And then it came out that, uh, that she passed away. And uh, Japan's Minister of Internal Affairs and Communication uh, pledged on Tuesday, last Tuesday, to speed up government discussions around cyberbullying legislation after what happened. Yeah, no, this is, uh, I, I'd heard about it. It's it's truly unfortunate. She's so young, and this is a very real 
situation and of people, young people growing up with social media solely um, and, you know, growing up, if people, and I was never a part of it or experienced it, but bullying, it was typically at school or things, whereas now it's 24-7 with, with the how access everyone has to everybody. Um, I don't, I wasn't familiar. Was that show a, was that a real, like a reality, a real thing that happened? Yeah. So it wasn't just acting. That was a real thing that happened and correct. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, the problem with this is, and I've talked about it is, and this is what for me and I've experienced and everybody that's, that's famous or wrestles experiences a mass level of hate. And the more success you have, the more it has is, um, we're never going to be able to control the minds of billions of people. We can only control our mind. And so for me, and I realized this early, I had to learn how to process hate and, and create a strong internal um, system in myself of, of processing this stuff and not allowing it to hurt me or, or cause negative feelings. Because, and unfortunately, not everyone's going to be. It, it's, I read all the time. I'm constantly, it's very fascinating to me all of this and, and I've had professionals on this show and I've constantly have worked on this because I use social media and want to be able to use it and not experience that negative. The problem is it's there. There's no way to ignore it. And it's always, I'm all for those people that are putting people that put death threats or things of that. I am all for very serious repercussions with those people on that. And for putting and I've got stuff like that many, many times and they're reported and they're blocked. And it, I've said it from the beginning, hurt people try to hurt other people. I'm reading a book called Limitless right now, and it's on, and I think every person listening to this needs to get this book because it's on our brains and technology and social media, and we're all guinea pigs with all this stuff. It's like technology and social media is like food. Uh, the right amount, is it can be healthy and beneficial for us if we use it appropriately. The problem is this stuff is so addicting. And everybody's looking for that because you get these dopamine triggers for likes and for responses. And when you're wrestling, and I know this because I've done it, when you do something on TV, then you go to see, you go online to see what people are saying and this and that. And you're, you, the, you can't let the good affect you and you can't let the bad. The problem with all of it is, is it's information overload. We're not meant to process this amount of stuff from that many people. The key is only using it for a small period of time. And like for me, I, I was telling you earlier, I take it off my phone now. And I don't have it so that I'm not, like, don't have that compulsive desire to look. And because that's what happens. There's people, if you look at their screens, they're picking up their phones thousands of times a day. And it, it, it drops your focus. And unfortunately, she was a victim to all of this. And she was so young. And my thing is, I'm 38 now. And it's taking a lifetime of reading and learning to be, to be at the level that I'm at where it doesn't even affect me, good or bad, any remotely in any way. And even then seeing it, you still have times when you do get angry. But a young woman like this being exposed to that at such a level when that comes with fame and, and, and being on TV, it's it's a really fascinating fascinating discussion. It's truly unfortunate and it never should have happened. But this is there's so many people like that in that, that position that mentally are not it's tough. It, it's a really tough thing. And it, it like I I don't I feel so bad for her family and friends and and it's just, but you see people, we got to stop cyberbullying. Here's the thing. You're never going to stop it unless you put regulations on social media where, like, and I've talked about this, we're having a social media license. I honestly believe, why are we giving kids this technology when we have all these other rules in place in real life? This stuff is, can be 
I'm telling you, we're gonna we're already seeing it and experiencing it on so many different levels, from politics to the amount of hate it, it's creating fucking massive depression in people because it's information overload. Everyone's everyone's losing their focus, everyone's angry, the world, everyone now has this place to go vent. And the problem is is nobody understands that we don't need to be on this all the time. Or it, it, very few people actually truly understand that. I realize that. And I found that getting it off, my life is so much better when it's not on. I use it. I get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. I put my business stuff out. I don't need to see fucking a billion different opinions for the day. Because those opinions are going to trigger reactions in you regardless. And it, and it causes stress whether you want it to or not. And she is a unfortunately a victim of this at a very young age of how serious this stuff is that we need to be having more discussions on this. There needs to be something in place with social media use that people understand, especially young, and not just young people, everybody, that when you go onto this, there's a, 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 you gotta have a, a code of conduct. You gotta have something to keep you in line to some degree that if you act a certain way, tell someone to go kill themselves, there's going to be repercussions. Right. We don't have that. So, and there's right now, you could say all day long, we need to be loving and positive. The problem is, is you have billions of people that are fucked up and miserable that have had kids and those kids have had kids. You're not going to change their mentality. They're not, they're miserable. They have nothing. They have nothing to lose. So when you have money and you're famous and now you throw yourself in that fucking cesspool of people, of toxic opinions, you get good, bad, it's you get a, I've been a part of it. You see 99 fucking things telling you how great you are. And then you get one where a guy writes 10 paragraphs on you're such a piece of shit and you're a loser and you need to kill yourself. You're fucking not talented. And I can look at it and laugh because I realize it's a hurt person that's truly, truly triggered and fuck. But not everyone can do that. Yeah. It's tough. I just got, I think if Twitter just started allowing, like, they had the verification process where anyone who sends their ID can be verified. And so that way, and then default Twitter to only show verified accounts. So that way, most people only see verified tweets. So that way, the, the tweets that are coming, you you know that they're liable for what they say. And and yeah. that gets rid of a lot of the, the, the fake accounts, the troll accounts, the little kids that are just trying to get a reaction. And um, I think it would just be a, a healthier environment if you, you have to, uh, you know, stand by who you are uh, on social media. And again, this goes back to what I was saying. Like, I honestly believe there should be a social media license or an internet license that if you want access to the internet, you have to, you, whether you're a child, you get an identification number and you're that way they can see. And if you have a history and they can see of you acting a certain way, you get it revoked. You can't get on. Yeah. But, and again, that's excessive. There's a lot of people who are going to go, fuck that freedom of speech. And we have to, ha- we're all guinea pigs with all this, right? This is all so new. And we're seeing that the negative detrimental effects that it has on individuals and society as a whole. And there's so much, it's, there's so much information out there and there's some real gems in that, but there's also a lot of shit and there needs to, it's just, my thing is, and I told people, I, Check out that book, Limitless, and I'm telling you, it's a long book. It, it, it's opening up a lot of things, and there's a book. I want to do a book called Disconnect, and this is it's a fascinating book on I believe we need to disconnect. We need to disconnect from the Internet to get back to real life and form real relationships and still use it to our advantage because we live in amazing times with it, but we have to do something 
we have to. Right okay. now, the easiest thing for me is just taking it off the phone so that I'm not, I'm just not exposed to it all day long because it, it's just, yeah. no, it's not, it's not healthy. It's interesting now with the pandemic, people are using the internet more than ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, on that sad story. It's unfortunate. Uh, I feel for. I wish. I wish we weren't having that discussion, but it's. You yeah. got it too. You got. We have to work on ourselves, our self-esteem, and that's the only thing we can control because we can't control that toxic por- portion of people. There's too many of them on there. Mm-hmm. There's just you. You it go. It, it, it's like a guy. You know, uh, you have a guy that's killed a hundred people, and, and he's in prison. And and you go, you stop killing people. You're not okay. I'm not going to kill anybody. And then you you let him out, and he kills someone right away again. Like it's there's no reasoning with a certain group of people out there. And I think that's the problem where we need to start from the beginning and get an ID number and get just has to be a little more accountability with all of it. Yeah. Uh, well, as always, right back. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Hold on, I want to ask have you, Roger, did we have to was there, uh, the, the Jericho Ryder deal? Oh, man, I, I, I totally uh, I totally forgot about that. Uh, hold on one second. So, yeah, Chris Jericho had Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins on his show this week. Uh, and Jericho, uh, Zack Ryder was talking about how he was getting really over. And people might not remember, if you didn't watch in 2011, Ryder was just getting insane pops. And The Rock returned at that year's Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden. And while The Rock is wrestling, they're chanting woo, woo, woo. And uh, they're going nuts for him. So anyway, at the Survivor Series that night, after the match, Zack Ryder went out and just got a gigantic uh, reaction. Uh, When he came back, he was telling Jericho, when he came back through the curtain, uh, Triple H, you know, asked to see him. And Zack Ryder was like, wow, this is it. You know, I'm I'm finally going to have him saying, you know, great job, kid, or, or something like that. Instead, Triple H uh, asked him, so why did you dye your hair? And that, was, that was it. You know, he goes out, gets a big reaction, and Triple H is asking about why he changed his hair. And according to Ryder, he had actually had his hair like that for months. And uh, anyway. Uh, and I wonder, Kurt, his problem is, is he's never stood up for himself, though, on a, like, that's something he, and again, it, standing up for yourself isn't going to do it, but once they have their mind made up on you, it, it's, it, it's a shit situation, but I promise you he didn't, I, I probably didn't tell him that. Yeah. Uh, Kerr Hawkins was saying every year after the Raw after Mania, they'd have this BS company meeting uh, where the brass would say, the you know, or the company would say, the brass ring is there. It's yours. It's a fresh year. Who's going to get it? But ever since the writer stuff, they stopped doing it. Uh, Jericho is pointing out that, and it's something you hear a lot, that if it's not Vince McMahon's idea, uh, he resents it. And Jericho said, you guys don't have to contribute to this if you don't feel like it, but there really is a bit of of strange resentment. If Vince doesn't think of it, it's not valid. It's not real. And the same thing happened with Daniel Bryan when he first came in. I mean, Vince did not like him because he was a vegan and all these other reasons. He went and got over because he knows how to get over, and they still resisted it for so long until they finally had no other choice. And he said, I feel the same thing happened with Zack Ryder in that you got over so well and you gave yourself an internet title. And we see this time and time again where wrestlers get over on their own and then they're quickly brought down. It's, it's, that's the system. And it's, it's, it's hurt them now not allowing that because what's happened is you now you miss out on huge stars that happen. That that's how the huge stars are made to that next level. And they've taken that away to just creating their, their own manufactured certain to a certain level star 
pay them a certain amount and keep everybody at a certain, at, it's all about a control and, um, it's unfortunate, and yeah, he was he was really really over there for a, a period of time, and they destroyed that, and they went out of their way to destroy that, and then then they, I mean, took him off TV, and he would he would be on a little bit, and then be off, and I mean they they quite they they just they raped him, just from every which way, like and it, and he never my thing is he never stood up for himself, that until and then he and then he got fired, like that to me is and there's. I, you know, Zach is, he's a nice guy, but I, yeah. I wish, I, but that's just me personally. I wish he would have, cause I, I had to go and stand up for myself at different points. And I think as a man, you have to do that and you got to get over the, this is my dream and this and that it's business and that is from it's business and you got to yeah, get over that really quickly. And, and he got taken advantage of and, you know, for Hunter, that that's not a, that's just, that's Hunter for you. Like they had their mind made up about him and they're, I mean, they're they, just fucking yeah. with him. They buried him. Remember, like, they had him dating Eve Torres, who's then cheating on him with Cena, and then Kane throws him off the seat. Then he had him look goofy in this wheelchair. Kane throws him off. I mean, they they buried that guy. Couldn't, and you see it, you've seen it with Rusev. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it with Rusev Day, yeah. uh, Cesaro, uh, when he was getting super over. When they get really over, they pivot and either take them off TV or, you know, uh, yeah, and you know, you just the, see it time the bad time part about this is what happens with people, and I could see it in their eyes. And this will never—I would never ever let that ever happen to me because I know what I'm worth. That it destroys you for it, like your soul, and it and you start questioning your own value is what happens, and you see it with people. And the guys like it's like you use them for a certain way for so long that if you finally then let them go, okay, go ahead and get over. They don't even know how anymore. Because they've been destroyed yeah. time and time, it psychologically could wear on you that that's what you are. That to me is I was like, I'll never let that. I'm not playing that game. I know what the fuck I am. But a lot of people, I've seen it time and time again with a lot of people, because it, 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 it just it, it sucks, man. It's one of those uh, they embarrassed him, and that's why I told you that ties in when I walked out when I did. They were going to get ready to start embarrassing me. Because I didn't mm-hmm. sign the contract, and it was gonna—I wasn't—I've already seen. I'm not playing that game. No, thank you. I'm gonna go home. I was hurting. Yeah. I'm not like. It's. Uh, I'm hoping Zach. It'll be really cool to see if he goes to AEW to see how over he can get now, after yeah. all of this in a new. And the potential's there. And once you get over once, you you could always you could do it again. It's not. Yeah. Especially, and he got really really over. So now the thing is, it the. Is he hungry enough to get over again mentally, you know, because you, you, you give WWE so many ideas and they, you hear it from people time and time again, it, it, you just eventually just stop because they just give your ideas to other people. It just, you just, you lose your soul when you're there. And then now it's like, take a little break and let's see going there. Are these ideas received and are they done? And I, I think it, he, the potential is there for him to have another really good run. And yeah. different with Cody, obviously. And I think Rusev's another one. Yeah. Take a little break. Bring him in. Uh, man, that roster in a year from now can be fucking it, it could be something really, really, really fucking good. Yeah. And those guys, uh, July eighteenth is when their contracts, uh when their ninety day non competes expire, which is weird. It feels like those releases happened uh feels like those releases happened like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, and I'm waiting because the guys and I I've wanted to do all the interviews on the show, the conversations. WWE has something in their contracts, by the way, where guys can't talk openly about certain things because everyone, mm-hmm. I'm all of them friends with a few of them, like, we got to wait for the 90 days so we could actually talk. 
Like yeah. that's not to say they can't do interviews, but I think it has to be if they something has been added to those where they can't maybe say anything negative about the like company. disparage. Yeah, yeah. there's something. There's something, and I've got enough information that I was like, "Fuck, man, they're really." It's because some of them they're, they're they want to wait completely just so there's no legal repercussions. Like, oh, no, I get it. So yeah, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So uh, with that, that that was about it this week. Um, Good deal. Yeah. Raj, anything you to, to plug this week to wrap up? Uh, yeah, just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We got uh, I, ha- I had an interview with Ric Flair uh, last week who talked about re-signing with WWE, his new deal. Uh, we talked with uh, director Kevin Smith, who uh, made the um, he, he made the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Uh, his last and he talked about his friendship with Chris Jericho, a new project they're working on. Uh, ODB uh, actor Paul Walter Hauser, who was in the Clint Eastwood movie Richard Jewell, who was the star of that. Uh, he's a huge AEW fan, so he, he talks a lot about Double or Nothing. And also, he's talking about the upcoming season of Cobra Kai, which has a big underground following, and he, he's, a, he's a part of. So, um, yeah, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And I got Armando Estrada on this week for the conversation with the big guy Ryback podcast. Raj, thank you as always. And you guys have just listened to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report with myself and Raj Geary. Check out WrestlingInc.com for the latest in news in professional wrestling. And Feed Me More Nutrition, my all-natural supplement line, available on FeedMeMore.com. Just for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report, we're going to give you 20% off with the discount code SHOOTING20 at checkout. Just use code SHOOTING20 on FeedMeMore.com to save 20%. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed me more. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Hulkamaniac is running wild! Yeah! I said give me the hell yeah! Ha <laughs> ha! Shooting place! Wrestling report! <laughs>